1: With obesity on the rise, there are more health campaigns than ever, encouraging us to exercise. Being active is not only good for our bodies, but has also been found to be a wonderful stress reliever, and is one of the best ways of taking care of our mind and spirit. However, studies have shown that more people participating in sports has led to an increase in injuries. So today I speak with Dr. Drawer Mayer, an orthopaedic surgeon who specialises in treating adults, children and elite athletes who have been injured while playing sport. Sports is your subspecialty within orthopaedic surgery, so what drives your passion for treating sports injuries?
0: Well, I, I'm very fortunate. I, I get to deal with the paediatric population. I get to deal with adults. And a large percentage of what I do is also deal with elite athletes. And really that drive has come from a love of sport, a love of sport from the age of zero. I still remember as a two-and-a-half-year-old hardly being able to, to walk or run, but seeing photos of myself with the tennis racket uh, at the um and playing with my father and as that progressed, continuing and improving in the the sport and the tennis. And really, in our family, we've grown up with sport our whole life. And that sort of led to the lifestyle of keeping fit and healthy and realizing that a sporty and healthy lifestyle really affects everything else you do. There's no doubt that as a junior doctor or a medical student, The best years of my study was when I was the fittest and healthiest and gives you the best concentration. And I I think it's important that love of sport is not only about trying to be an elite athlete. There are many people who love sports, who get to play it on the weekends or um, get to play with a club, and everyone has their own bit of sport that they do, but that love is common amongst everyone.
1: And I think if you've felt that yourself, it's so... You have that empathy for people when they love their sport, whether you're at an athletic you're an athlete or whether you're just a person who loves to keep fit and healthy, that when you injure yourself, how frustrating that can be.
0: Absolutely. And you know, not all injuries require intervention, but you do get to see along the way that if you do need to intervene and if you can help someone, you get to make a a real big difference and regardless of one of the patients we i saw just the other day who's a i think a 82 year old who still plays lawn balls but was getting pain in the knee every time they were bending over compared to the elite athlete i saw uh, this morning who's training for an iron man and hoping to qualify for uh, for hawaii to kona you get a real mixture of people in it and it affects every single one sporting injuries and therefore you uh, you try and help them on their path to back to recovery and back to continuing a healthy lifestyle.
1: Because it's not just about the physical health that you're maintaining, it's if you go and reflect on the lawn bowler, it's that social aspect that you're missing out on when you're not playing sport. You know, your mates that you hang out with a few times a week and when you're injured... That, you can't do that.
0: It's uh, it's crucial. We we see a lot of Australian society is based around sport, and whether it's playing the sport or as a parent taking your children and sitting on the sideline and barracking and watching and coaching, or as a as a grandparent, um, or being social around it. The, this fortnight is a brilliant example of yeah. everyone watching the uh, Australian Open and cheering, whether you're cheering for Kyrgios or you're cheering for someone else, that sport brings people uh, together. And um, there is no doubt that sport is not only about the, the physical interaction, but the social interaction is uh, is extremely important.
1: And they, they now have got a lot of studies about the mental health, how it can help our mental
0: health as well. And that's to do with one keeping fit and well is all about being well-rounded. So we're not necessarily talking about the elite athletes now. We're talking about someone like you or me who enjoy going for a run for a few kilometres or a swim or a bike ride or just playing social tennis. There's no doubt that having that active lifestyle keeps everything else around you balanced and allows us to do many other things in our job, in our life, that uh, that if we only or if we weren't healthy enough to to play sport, we wouldn't be able to do.
1: That's true. And then you've had the absolute, I'm, I'm in, in absolute awe, and it's not because I play soccer, but you've worked for the Chelsea Football Club or with the Chelsea Football Club.
0: Yeah, I, I was very uh, fortunate um, to go overseas um, for almost uh, three years um, and working in London in a um, in a clinic where I did my fellowship initially at the 40th uh, clinic which they really are the the uh, premier sporting orthopaedic clinic um, around europe if not in the world and there we were very fortunate to treat uh, elite athletes from professional tennis players some of which are playing uh, this fortnight at the australian open to many football and rugby clubs and one of the fortunate things that i got to do was uh, work a lot with chelsea football club and uh, that meant that uh, I got to enjoy seeing many of the games, including the FA Cup final a couple of years ago. Wow. I also got to, um, to be part of their training and the medical team and really see how these elite sports and these clubs were if we're really honest, money is not even a thought uh, mm. for them. But it's really getting the best results for their players and uh, and team, how they perform and how they work. And then I was fortunate enough that when Chelsea actually came to uh, to Perth, they asked me one whether I knew where Perth was, and <laughs> two whether I was interested in uh, in looking after them when they were in Perth. Uh, and therefore, I I got to um, to meet. And deal with many of the the staff, the players and their medical team.
1: And so what sort of um, sports injuries would you deal with, with soccer?
0: So soccer, like many, uh, many sports, there are a variety of injuries. The most common ones and the famous ones are the ACL injuries. We see lots of knee injuries um, in soccer and um, those twisting type injuries, especially when they're either going into a tackle, or actually the non-contact type injuries where they pivot, uh, are the ones that can cause the ACL injuries. But we see many times football players they roll their ankles, they get Achilles tendon ruptures, um, and there are football is a relatively uh, contact sport, mm. and, and therefore there are many injuries that that can occur there. And we are very good at uh, at treating. And, uh, and helping uh, the players get back to their uh, level of function.
1: And what are the most common sports injuries in both children and adults?
0: So there is no doubt that children and adults have different sort of sporting injuries. So here in Australia, we have a um, large percentage of children, adolescents and adults who participated in sport. Now, we get to see these sporting injuries, whether it's here in my uh, private practice or at Perth Children's Hospital, where I'm also working. Um, And many of them are knee injuries, many of them are ankle injuries. um, And there are upper limb injuries such as shoulders or elbows, even from overuse type injuries. These are very common, for instance, in baseball players in America where you have young kids pitching from a very early age and they get their injuries. Two, more and more we are seeing ACL injuries occurring um in children, where we used to see them mainly in uh, in adults.
1: And is it true like young girls, now they're participating a lot, which is fantastic, in soccer, in those sort of sports, in football, I, you know, you see on the news a lot of young girls also now doing their ACL.
0: So... Anecdotally, there's no doubt that sporting injuries are becoming more prevalent. Um, Organisations such as SMA, so Sports Medicine Australia, are trying to collect all these uh, details. But right now, it's a lot, high. we haven't seen the hard facts yet. There's no doubt that myself and other surgeons are, are seeing more significant sporting injuries. But I, I think it is important to remember that. Overall, sport is excellent. Mm. It comes with many significant uh, things which are beneficial. And there are millions of people playing sport, but the majority of people do not get injured. However, sport sport has changed over time. And the fast pace that occurs in many of the sports, the the larger... um, populations with people weighing more and therefore higher impact sports um, can create significant injuries. The grounds and Optus Stadium was a perfect example of just changing a football ground Mm -hmm. and the type of injuries that you can get with making the surface a little bit too hard or a little bit too soft Mm -hmm. um, and the injuries that come with that.
1: That's true. And as you uh, rightfully say, the benefits... Of exercise and being active far outweigh the risk of injury, and it's weighing that up, isn't it? Uh,
0: absolutely. There's more than 1.5 million people uh, playing Australian rules football uh, every year. There's more than 1.2 million people playing netball every year, according to the Australian Netball Association, and therefore the percentage of injuries of people uh, that are occurring is very, very small. So we do need to put that in perspective. However, for those people getting injuries, it's all about getting the right management, getting them on the right uh, path to recovery so they can, again, enjoy whether it be the social side of sport, they can participate in a local club or they're those that, are in the national or state or national team um, and need to get back to that level. But there is no doubt that both in the children, the adolescents, and even in the adult um, stages, overuse can cause injuries. There is a thing of if you train too hard and you don't rest enough, you can cause yourself to be injured. And this is quite common. We see... um, Young children and adolescents, especially the ones who are very good at sport, all of a sudden you play tennis and you play at your local club level, but then you also get picked for a state development squad and then maybe you're playing in an adult team as well. So instead of having your training twice a week and playing on a weekend, now you're training four or five times a week and then playing on a Saturday and Sunday so really you don't have any of those rest days and one of the things and really the evidence that's coming from the United States especially in the young children we often say to parents that you should not really be training more hours per week than your age and therefore if you're eight years old training in gymnastics, you should not be training more than eight hours. Now, I can tell you, having seen three gymnasts in the last uh, last week who are all at uh, West Australian Institute of Sport level or better, they are training easily 20 to 30 hours a week. And therefore, it's very important that we manage everything else and help them manage their injuries if they occur. Ideally, by preventing them in the first place.
1: So, having some rest days is a good
0: thing. It is very important. There's no doubt that the body works better when we let it rest. Like we need to rest mentally, we also need to rest physically. And training seven times, seven days in a week can create many problems. Elite athletes take rest days, so it should also be something that we do as amateurs.
1: And so what what happens, what's happening in our body when we take a rest day?
0: So one of it is that we can really get overuse type injuries. So the repetitive uh, strain and stress and whether it be in the younger population or the older population can cause fatigue which can then lead to other injuries so by giving our muscles by giving our body and importantly by giving our um our brain an opportunity to rest allows us when we are playing competitive or other sport allows us to be a lot sharper and allows us to decrease the risk of getting further injury
1: and in fact there was a beautiful tennis player and excuse my ignorance, that spoke last night, and someone asked him, you know, why do you think you're playing better than ever? And he actually said, because I'm happy. My personal life is happy. You know, my family is happy. my, You know, and he really emphasised the importance of I'm living a much more balanced life. It's just happiness. Everything around me outside of sport is I'm in a happy place. And I thought, what a great message to put out there
0: there is no doubt that the performance on a sporting field is not purely a physical performance there are many sports where the mental side of things is a much more significant aspect than the uh, the physical side and often um, whether it be the example you gave in tennis or many other sports if you're mentally on you're going to play well Mm. and if you're head is in another space or you're thinking about things off the court, well, then your performance is going to be affected. and, And that's completely understandable. And also what is definitely... In my view, becoming more common is the proximal hamstring avulsion. So Gosh, what's we hear we hear a lot about uh, hamstring uh, tears or partial tears in footballers, uh, but now we're seeing either in the elite athletes or the slightly older population the the hamstring tendon during a specific and quick and significant activity being pulled off the bone, which has lots of long-term uh, ramifications for them as well. So how do you fix that? Well, the vast majority of uh, people who are active and lead a healthy and active lifestyle for hamstring at uh, avulsions uh, require operative management whereas hamstring strains and, and small tears they usually do very well um, with uh, physiotherapy, um, exercise physiologists and rehabilitation.
1: So that's a lot of rest and then also looking at your allied health professional when it's a strain and working together as a team.
0: And, and that team environment is crucial And and regardless of the injury everything I do is about Team. So, for instance, anyone who comes with an ACL injury, they will see the physiotherapist or the exercise physiologist first. They will do the prehab required before. They will then, if they need the surgery, they get the surgery. And then afterwards, there's an extensive rehabilitation before they can get back to the sporting field. And that team mentality where it's not my patient or your patient, but actually we work together with the patient and everyone has to take responsibility to achieve the goals that we've set out for at the beginning. That Those are really the people who do the best.
1: And of those, so you were saying that really success after surgery, by the sound of it, really involves a lot of rehabilitation. Is there reports or... Um evidence to suggest that those that maybe don't succeed, it's not really the surgery, it's the fact that some people think they can have these major surgeries and think, I'll I'll be right, because they are feeling much better. Um, Is there evidence to suggest that the importance of of having rehabilitation?
0: There's lots of evidence to show that rehabilitation is very important. Um, And as I said, whether it's a ligament injury of the ankle or a um, knee injury um, with an ACL, there is no doubt that surgery on its own, without any rehabilitation, does not provide the best result for the patient. And for instance, I'm also quite strict on it, that if I see someone who has an unstable knee, that um, they're having problems and they require an ACL, we go through the discussion of the importance of rehab afterwards and only when they understand the importance of it and they agree that they're going to participate in it would I agree um, to be part of the the surgery and that that is very important it, the the surgery in the end of result does not end the minute they walk out of the operating theater it ends after a lengthy rehabilitation and a lot of encouragement and we know that for people with acl injuries it takes a long time to get back to the level of sport that they want to but importantly and one of the things i always encourage especially the the children and the adolescents i remind them that we are doing this to get you back to playing high level of sport or to get you back to playing the level of sport that you were before, we're not doing this so you can rest on the couch. Mm. And a lot of people are able to get back after their injury and after the appropriate rehabilitation stronger and fitter than they ever were before.
1: And have you got an example of situations where that's
0: happened? There are lots of examples both in professional athletes and in um, in uh, our weekend warriors where today in my clinic today, I saw a, um, a young man who's now four months post his um, ACL reconstruction. He's not playing football and he knows that he won't be able to play a full season this season. Um, but he indicates to me that he's fitter than he's ever been. The muscles Around his leg and doing the appropriate rehab is as good as he's ever been. And he said he's never had this uh, time where he can really focus on the rehab rehabilitation and focus his time with a physiotherapist to get the best result he can get for the future.
1: That's been a long term debate, you know, has to the benefits of stretching or not to stretch. What's yeah, your thoughts?
0: Yes. So the. The literature has really swung from initially doing the stretches to these days we're much more about dynamic activities and pre a game of football or soccer or uh, netball. Um, the, it's really about dynamic activities. Um, but I think the the key to prevention is multifaceted. It's about making sure that you understand your sport, the balance of not over usage of not over training of making sure that the rest of your body is strong many of our professional athletes they also do pilates they mm. also do uh, yoga as well as significant gym sessions and weight sessions and crossfit A- and it's keeping your mind active and also keeping your body active Doing the same thing over and over again in a rehabilitation session can be very difficult and that's why, especially with our young athletes, we like to mix things up. But it's a matter of knowing that you're working as a team for a common goal. And one of the things is about continuously reminding um, everyone what the end result is.
1: What's the difference between treating an adult to a child? Is it the very similar
0: No. So one of the things we always tell our trainees and we tell other uh, people is children are not small adults. Uh, They are very different and their requirements are are very different. Um, Even if you look at the most simple things like how kids and adults break their bones, children have a very thick lining of what we call periosteum, Uh, around their bones, which actually causes the bones to bend a lot before they would break, whereas adults um, quite quickly can break their bones, and that causes a different sort of uh, injuries. Also in children, tendon and ligament injuries are much less common um, than in adults because the children, because of their growth plate, they can fracture through their growth plate and break different parts of their growth plate before the ligament or tendon would tear and um, because that's an area of weakness and importantly because of that pediatric orthopedics is quite a subspecialized uh, area where not everyone deals with it because managing growth plates and therefore the long-term implications uh, of growth is something that uh, we need to be aware of.
1: So when a child injures themselves and they might need surgery, does that impact their growth and development? I mean, that would be something that a parent would be quite concerned about.
0: It can do. And there are different injuries which can affect uh, growth plates. And there are others which, um, yes, they have an injury, but there's no impact on the uh, growth plate. And that's something we... Um, manage accordingly and there are some uh, injuries where you would see someone once they recover you know that everything's fine and there are other injuries especially in the younger population where if their growth plate is injured we need to keep an eye on it because it may affect the way that the bone grows and therefore you could have a discrepancy between one leg for example Mm. and the other in terms of different heights because the growth plate can be injured.
1: So it's worth getting specialised... Help if you can,
0: uh, absolutely. Or guidance, and, and and that's what. Depending on the injuries, you want to have the right people around you, and and that guidance may involve many of our allied health uh, staff who are experts in their fields, or it may involve seeing a family doctor or a sports physician um, or an orthopedic surgeon if you need it.
1: So, what tips would you give parents? On the, on the field when they're watching their kids when they're managing a, an acute sports injury? Is there some good tips they might follow so that by the time they see a doctor that they've done some
0: really good things to, to help? Well, I guess it, it really depends on the type of injury that we have. So acute injuries such as uh, someone injuring their, themselves on a uh, netball pitch, the knee becomes swollen and they're unable to walk um, is quite a different injury from someone who's injured their ankle over many many months and is just a little bit sore but if we're we're talking about these acute injuries that occur can occur on a on a weekend while people are playing uh, netball then one of the things would be would be to to rest the child not let them go back straight away because that is a period where they can get other injuries associated with it as well may need to help them with ice with elevating the limb and to try and um, get them to an area where we can examine them and now A lot of the injuries, yes, they do get better on their own, but if we're worried about things such as a fracture, well, then going to your... to an after-hours centre or going to an emergency department to x-ray it is completely appropriate. Or if we see it's an ankle sprain, then initially going to the physiotherapist is completely appropriate. And after that, we manage things. So common things occur commonly, and that's what we have to remember. The vast majority of injuries do not require surgical management. With the right team, uh, things improve, and then they're able to return to their sports. Returning too early can create other problems and that's something that we do need to be careful of. So it's being a bit patient. And that's very hard. Being patient as a child is hard. Being patient as a parent is is hard. I, I have no doubt that seeing your children succeed on the sideline is very rewarding as a patient and you, as a parent and you want them to be able to get back as early as possible. But what we don't want to do is cause them more problems in the future.
1: And quite often, have you seen that where people, you know, really rush to get back and then they re-injure themselves? Does that
0: happen? Yes, this is very common. And this is common in the adult uh, population as well as the paediatric population. And unfortunately, when you are playing sport and regardless of the level that you play if you are going in there with an injury then you change the way you run you change Mm. the way you walk the biomechanics change and therefore how you load your body can change and this can unfortunately lead to other injuries as well
1: because your body starts compensating and putting extra weight in other areas
0: A 100 percent
1: so what's the secret then to returning back to your sport after being injured Other than not going back too quick.
0: (laughs) Well, I I think there is no one secret and Mm -hmm. and that's the important bit. This is a, a team approach and it doesn't matter if you're a child or an adult. It doesn't matter if you're an amateur or a professional athlete. You want to be part of the team. You want to surround yourself with people who have common goals and that is how do I make you strong? How do I improve your movement? How do we make all of you fit and well and healthy that you can go back to performing at least at the level you were before if not better and that is sometimes the case sometimes you can return and you can be better than you were before i one of the things i don't like is time frames i never tell someone it will take them 9 months or a year to get back to football after an acl injury i think it's very important that people are aware that there are key criteria they have to meet and children are very good at that as well as adults when you set them when they know that they can when they can do a single leg hop or when they can run or jog comfortably then they can move to the next section then they have a vested interest in achieving that goal so they can move to the next stage of their rehabilitation. But I I think the key is that you work in a team you surround yourself by people who have a vested interest in making sure that you improve, in making sure that you don't get the same injury again and again, and um, and then I see no reason why you can't return to, uh, to the level of function you were before.
1: And what are some three sort of takeaway messages about sports injuries that everyone would learn from?
0: I think the first one would be that the importance of managing your training regime. So the risk of overtraining, the risk of loading your body too much can create injuries. And that's something that parents need to take some responsibility to help their children uh, with that. A second um, takeaway message would be Surround yourself with people who are experts. If you have an injury, regardless of whether you need surgery or not, if you have an injury, you want to have the right physiotherapist or the right sports doctor or family doctor that can help you achieve the goals that you are setting out and whether that be that you need to have some sort of break while you get strong and get back to your injury uh, get back to your sport or whether it's to guide you on this path and then my my final key message would be the vast majority of people don't get injured and sport is a wonderful thing that has many many benefits uh, to us and to our society and i strongly encourage people to participate in sport
1: and I think what I've learned today as well is the benefit of being well-rounded. Enjoy some Pilates, enjoy some swimming in the ocean or, you know, it's not just about I need to play as much tennis as humanly possible in my working week. It's about trying to exercise your body in different ways. Is that right?
0: Uh, absolutely. And we we see from the elite athlete mm. to the uh, to the amateurs that mixture of, Yes, you have your sport that you sub-specialise in and that you do, but a little bit of time out of that sport, a little bit of stretching or some core and strength work is very beneficial uh, for you in the long run.
1: I think um, Pilates has sort of got very popular for the core, the, the reason of core strength, and um, I, I've personally been doing it myself and it's fantastic. I see, can see why so many athletes are now getting into it as well.
0: Absolutely, and, and we have, um, you know, sport I think is getting more and more popular and uh, there is no doubt we've seen over the last couple of years female sport has shot off and become increasingly popular and I think women's football, for instance, mm. um, in Australia has grown in leaps and bounds and one of the things that the girls are very good at and – probably even better in the boys is being a little more well-rounded And being good at doing the uh, pilates and the core strengthening type stuff rather than just gym session training gym session training and uh, i think that's something that uh, uh, we're all learning from Mm. and uh, we're all enjoying uh, and watching sport continue to develop in australia
1: absolutely well thank you so much for your time today and, and sharing your knowledge with us today on matty talk
0: my pleasure thank you for having me
1: a big thank you to Dr. Mayer for sharing his knowledge with us today on MediTalk. And to learn more about Dr. Mayer, visit sjog.org.au. If you feel this podcast episode can help a friend or a family member, please share as sharing knowledge empowers our lives and the lives of others. If you've enjoyed this podcast, please take a minute to write a quick review on Apple Podcasts. To listen to more episodes of MediTalk, visit meditalk.com.au and if you have any medical conditions you would like to learn more about, please send me an email via danae at meditalk.com.au. Stay well and thank you for listening.